1: Welcome to Acton Millwall, the real Millwall fan show on this Thursday night. Time to just sort of del- delve into this week's Millwall content. Looking back at a 1-1 draw or at Bora and, um, well, a bit of a collapse at Oxford. Plus, all of your other football stories from this week, including the sad news of the loss of Berry FC from the EFL. Joining me this week shoot the fact uh, the man himself, the godfather, the daddy, it's Mr. Nick Clark. As flies to once and boys, we are for the gods. Good evening, dear listeners. Good evening, chat. Good evening. And he is our version of Dale Winton. He is, <laughs> okay. he is young Mickey
2: Avery. I'm surrounded by inflatable bananas and burgers down in the aisles as
1: we speak, Aaron. Enjoyed, enjoyed to have you on. Um, Nick, do you want to touch on? Should we touch on Bury FC first? Obviously, yeah, it's been going on for so so long, and obviously, working um, in the game, I've, I've I've had quite a bit of it this week in terms of, you know, where we are and where we not where we aren't in terms of the story and whatnot. But let's just highlight a few of the facts: is that um, Steve Dale purchased the club back in, in around the turn of the new year from Stuart Day, the previous you know, chairman of Barry FC who had spent copious amounts of money bringing sort of big names, if you like, from the lower league world into the club. Uh, Dale was is known as a man who is one of these sort of business rescuers, if you like. He rescues businesses yeah. that in trouble financially. Um, and, and put simply, he failed to disclose um, a proof of funds and whether he had the sort of money to continue to, to, to fund Bury FC to the AFL, um therefore putting the club in in serious serious danger and obviously they achieved promotion last season but you know this is this is calamitous you just wonder about Bury it's obviously it's in manchester but that northwest central sort of area the berries the oldhams your, your macclesfield the Rochdale's, Rochdales yeah. They're in big trouble. They're in big, big trouble. We've seen bottom Wanderers be saved. They're another greater Manchester club. And and finally, their, their deal has been done. Although it did look like, even though they were going to get a pardon from the EFL in terms of two weeks to sort themselves out, that liquidation could have been a possibility due to terms of their administration. But... They have been saved, but Barry FC. You just do wonder what's happening next. Will we see a phoenix club? Will we, you know, see um, the ground be sold? Obviously, there's a three and a half million pound mortgage on the ground, so
3: yeah,
1: very difficult to release any equity from that for someone who's there to asset strip. Um, and 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 we look at the news when it when it when it came to us Tuesday evening. Um, that, that about 11 o'clock that Berry FC had been expelled from the Football League their share had been taken away from them. very very sad news indeed you listen to some of the stories around the place what we're hearing from people is absolutely incredible and obviously I think we're going to go on to this is owners that love to come and and, and asset strip and pillage and try and get their way and, and this is one man who's managed to get his way what he manages to gain out of it I'm not sure but for Steve Doe he must be thinking hey I've got a club now with no league I don't really know what I've got anymore, but let's discuss it. Go for it, let's have your thought.
3: Well, you I mean Steve Dale is a curious character. I mean, I' I've only I, I have no particular insight into Barry's situation beyond what we've all read in probably in the last week or so, maybe a little bit more now ten days whilst this 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 um this car crash has unfolded in almost frame by frame by frame. you know, it's a slow motion car crash leading up to the to, to Barry being expelled the other night and what we've seen is this very odd character Steve Dale um making biz- ever more bizarre speeches on on the radio where he's you know he, he, his business seems to be um I mean you described him as a rescuer there Aaron I think that might be a, a very generous um, salvager. assessment.
1: salvager
3: salvager I don't know I mean you know um the, the assets of Berry, as far as I can tell now, apart from that the, they've got a, a shipload of debt that's that's led them to this this situation, uh, mis, mismanaged, you know, because I, I think that this is a common theme for any of these failing clubs. And there, there are others which we may touch on. That it, they always have um, a kind of a self-created element to them. It, this doesn't just land out of a clear blue sky. It stems from overreach trying to... Uh, overextend wage bills, chasing the dream, as, as as the as the cliche has it. But with with, with this guy Dale, he's, a, he's I, the some of the um, the speeches. You almost wonder whether he was a, almost like a parody. Is he trying to come across as a pantomime villain? You know, he actually said he had no interest in the football. He had no interest. Well, he had no
1: knowledge that there was a club. <laughs> he, didn't, he, he, he said done, done, he'd never been there. He'd never been there. I mean, that that, that piece of live was absolutely baffling when he turns round. He's sitting in the studio and goes, well, I'm not from Berry. I never even knew there was a football club called Bury. Well, mate, this it, it kind of makes a mockery. Basically, he's shitting all over the AFL now going, ha, 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 you gave me a club. And I don't even know what, who they are, you know? I mean, there's all mm. sorts of, I mean, I've, I've, David
3: Conn, the, um, the Guardian journalist, does huge amounts. There's one or two others, a chap, uh, Kevin Maguire, I think I've seen on on, on Twitter, um, you know, with, with a lot of analysis to a level that goes beyond my um Range of experience, but what seems to be the question is the the the, the, the fallout of, of liquidation means there are debts to be settled. Who who owns that debt? Who's getting the money? There are, there seem to be companies involved in this, the pyramid of of, of debtors that now that now arise that have links with Steve Dale and the members of his family. And then you you know you, as you've said earlier on, there, Aaron, you've got the asset, the one asset the club probably does have that's marketable, saleable is is the ground itself, Gig Lane, which is you know, I would imagine a development site, potentially, that that would be the only way you're going to recover uh, much money in, in a very short order. So, you know, we'll, it remains to be seen what becomes of any Phoenix, any AFC, Berry, which I hope does, um, you know, come to pass. We've seen what AFC Wimbledon has done in, in, albeit in different circumstances, but there's still that same sense of a club being stolen from its fans, you know, li- quite literally in Wimbledon's case, and, and, De facto, here Um, to see it arise again is—it seems to be possible. Barry seems to have a loyal, small-scale loyal support, and it will certainly have the 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 good wishes of the of the football world. I think you know, 99.9% of fans across the board want to see Barry recover somehow. Whether that gets to be they get to be playing at Gig Lane. Will be probably the the, the first question. I, I did research, read earlier on they're going to apply to the Northwest Counties League, a local league in the Manchester area, to to start potentially, I suppose, from park level as as Wimbledon did, didn't they? When they they relaunched,
1: yeah, mm. they, they went into the Combined Counties. Mickey Avery, your thoughts, Paul? Um, I think this has been a very very uh, very sad week
2: for football football fans, mainly, obviously, of all clubs because with its history. The fact also, as well, you know, this isn't a this isn't a non-league club. This isn't a a a park team who only gets a few lights or one man and his dog kind of thing. But is this is a sad week for football. I think it's shown just how, if honestly spineless and gutless, the EFL have been through the whole thing with their fit and proper person test, which is utterly, utterly shambolic and proved to be utterly shambolic. And the fact that they allow clubs to get in these situations um and i know there's obviously the the spend and obviously the owners who who also do it but the fact that this governing body allow clubs to do this and then sort of just like as you say stolen away taken away from the fans i mean aaron your your point last week um on on the show i think it was last week or the week before and I, I implore all of the other listeners to listen when you when you listed about 10 to a dozen clubs that potentially this could happen to, um, you know, at League One level. And a lot of these clubs who who are in such financial trouble and it does make you think a team, a team like Barry, let's not forget last season, they were League Two runners up. So financially, they're probably their rewards for getting promotion was more than if they would have stayed in League Two. So they in theory probably got more money. And they've still ended up going bust without playing a game. I think that the fact that you've looked at that league table and other teams' fixtures are affected by it. For example, Accrington Stanley' first game of the season. Um, I think it's Andy Hulk, the chairman, isn't, isn't he? Yeah, on? yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah,
2: he he was he was putting tweets out. Um, I remember I I, I may be misquoting slightly, but when he sort of said, you know, why why do Wickham essentially get a sort of free pass and play against a youth team of Bolton Wanderers? Mm. And we we don't, and we're playing catch up from the first game. You know, it, it has it has major major implications. One earth, sorry if I'm going on a ramble, gentlemen, apologies. But one earth, the EFL allowed Berry to start the season, knowing that there was the chance they could throw them out of the league, and made this even worse. I, in my opinion, um, is another thing. And also, as I've said to Harry previously on on other shows. I think this is going to now massively put the EFL under the uh, microscope and uh, they'll be scrutinised massively. They, from, they need from to be. To bottom. Bottom. Let's be fair. They need to be.
1: You look Absolutely. Up, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. many different clubs who have had absolute shit thrown at them. Going back to, you know, Nickel remember, and In fact, Mike, you remember, you know, the York City's back in the days, you know, Rushton and Diamonds, mm. Scarborough, yeah. Yeah. all these clubs that have been completely mismanaged. I mean, Rushton and Diamonds where a club merged together, and then effectively, mm. the fact that they built a stadium, the geezer from Doc, Dr. Martin's built a stadium, didn't he? And That's right, they couldn't yeah. Afford it, and and it, it sent them under. You know, you look at the fact that, you know, the FA hired his three-man commission, and they sent Wimbledon fucking off to MK. You look at that. You look at other clubs that have been put through the absolute mar- Look at Aston Villa. Clubs allowed to exploit this FFP, bollocks FFP rule, put themselves into such danger where Villa, when they lost against Fulham in the playoff final, were how many days away from going bust completely? And luckily they got themselves a buyer. You look at Oldham, You look, even Sheffield United, they've got problems at the top at the moment where half their ownership aren't getting on. Oldham have got problems. You know, you look at, um, also. There's, there's so many clubs. Reading, Reading were being asset stripped by, by the Thai owners before. They were in it for the land around the training ground. Because you could build nice houses then. You could sell them nicely. And they managed to get found out quickly before, you know, You know they did something like that and put the club in the jeopardy. No one gives a fuck about the football. Let's be fair. If people gave a fuck about the football, for example, Bournemouth, they're playing a 10,000 capacity ground. Their chairman, Jeff Mostyn, has turned around and gone, you know what? We're not even going to bother building a new ground. You know why? Because the attendances don't actually matter. Like, what we make on the gate don't matter. Do you know what? That's where the football... The football's fucked. The football is fucked. The money is polluting this game. Sanitised Premier League has polluted it. Sky have polluted it. It's just it's just going to the pits even more and more and more.
2: And then a comment on that as well. Sorry, sorry, Nick. Um, no, sure. One thing that absolutely sort of... Uh, made me feel sick to my stomach was the fact that they did that deadline day oh oh, the sky tv deadline absolute disgusting if if jim jim white
3: couldn't get any lower in your eyes and we all fancy yeah he certainly certainly did that and
1: and
2: and the thing is as well this is where this is where somebody should someone from the efl should have said to sky because there is no way that's that that has just happened. Sky would have had, had to have sort of got that approved before they put that out. Why no one has thought this can't be right. You know, there, there's young children. I saw a, I saw a tweet that um, um, a gentleman put out where he said, I've now had to explain to my 11-year-old niece why I can't take her to the ground anymore. You know, there's the articles where the gentleman who buried his brother yeah, between the yeah, goalposts yeah, and that's the yeah. only chance he gets it. It's absolutely disgusting that these skies and the Premier Leagues, and, or, or sorry, not the Premier Leagues, but you know, or the idea of getting into the Premier League has caused this to happen. It's appalling. It really is.
0: Achtung, Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
3: I think, it, it, I mean, I, I put something on Twitter the other day and the you know, nature of Twitter is it gets, it gets lost quite quickly. But I'm old enough to remember the time prior to the formation of the Premier League and old enough to remember the, the, the real starting point for this, which was the pressure from... The what was then called the Big Five, which at that point included Everton, Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, and I think Spurs, City, were nowhere in sight in those days. So you're talking about the mid '80s. There was a, there was a constant pressure, an increasing pressure for there to be live television shown then on on ITV or BBC or whoever would pay the most. So we, we we're talking about very different times and very different level of contract. But the the, the pressure was on from the so-called Big Five at that time. To enable them to show live TV, um, and for those the, the most um, market-friendly clubs, the biggest names, to get the biggest slice of the cake, because the way that the old football league organised itself, and we are going back into ancient dinosaur times for younger listeners, was more as a as a kind of a collective. It, it actually had a uh, a philosophy, thanks to the the, the 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 sometimes quite questionable, sometimes quite um iron fisted people that ran it but it had an idea that it was a collective it was a league that protected its own interests the 92 clubs as a collective um well th- it was it, it, it kind of tended to their needs as, as one now what happened over time is that chip by chip by chip the idea arose that the first division, the old first division, had special interests. The biggest clubs in the first division had special interests that were far removed from the team at the bottom of Division four, as it used to be, and and, and teams of that ilk. So the the rot began. I mean, a, a lot of people blame Sky and that they're, they're right to because it's the modern manifestation of what began in all honesty in the 1980s with the the desire for there to be a more glitzy live televised uh top devil division of division one it began then sky exploited that and of course the the technology allowed satellite television to come to pass which that didn't exist in the 80s and the rest is history it began with the greed of big clubs it still it still is enforced by the greed of big clubs the, the main difference is those big clubs have changed over time, and some of the big clubs are not quite so big And new names have popped in thanks to you know the uh, the modern world where oil wealth can generate a whole nation states backing for a football club as a, as a means of um was, you know kind of washing washing its identity in the eyes of, of, of the public but that's where it began it began in the 80s this is the logical conclusion um there will be more I think Aaron you, you mentioned other mm-hmm. names stoke I think you mentioned they, they don't look great so far in in the championship that might change, it might not, but you do wonder what's gonna go down there. Bolton escaped by the skin of their teeth this week, you know, thanks to I think probably the example of Barry. Um, finally one, one one club has died, and I think we haven't seen that, I think, since Aldershot in the in the early nineties, I think with the last one. Maidstone, I remember going.
2: Maidstone United. Going yeah. out
3: of business and and Rushton more but then Rushton weren't an established club. They they'd kind of had this meteoric surge in the non-league and a meteoric death as well. Um, where does it all lead us? It, it, it's really, really sad because I think where it's leading us is into a a, a, a situation where you know that the Premier League exists as a kind of like a, an enclosed bubble. It may have a little feeder league, which um, we now call the Championship, Premier League Two, and then I think there'll be whoever can survive in in a in a smaller scale pyramid belief uh, beneath that, and I. I just find that I find it I find it depressing yeah. if I'm honest.
2: With just just, just touching on that and the, and the money that's in the game. I mean I know sort of um off air I text it um, I'll put it in our little group chat earlier on, but it's it's even the way the the European game is affected by the English game now in the sense that I'm not sure about um like obviously Unique where with all due respect to us slightly older than, than I am, but you know Easy, easy. Up, easy, easy, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but, Aaron, you, you may concur with me. I mean, when growing up, you know, and watching football and sort of European games, the absolute pinnacle of a player's career would be playing for the likes of, in my opinion, like the sort of the big three of Man United, Barcelona, Real Madrid. You know, they were the three biggest yeah, clubs in the world.
1: to an extent. By yeah, an and buying to an by extent, plan, yeah.
2: arguably AC Milan, someone like that. Yeah. But, you know, they, they were your three. Now, I'm looking here on um, sort of Gerard Delafoet's page, um, mm. and he, I'm just using him as an example. How on earth have Watford been able to give him more wages than he was getting at Barcelona? You know, how, Madis, is, Madis,
3: Madis, how yeah. is...
2: how is, um, And you've got Sanchez. I know Sanchez is in the press at the moment because of the Manchester United. Um, he might be going on uh, to to in at Milan. But similar example there. He he was doing okay at Barcelona. He you know he was part of part of the squad that was winning Champions Leagues etc. But how are Arsenal managing to outspend Barcelona? How are Barcelona at the start of this season and Real Madrid saying we're now worried and we're now having to go to the UEFA because we can't compete with the Premier League spending. This is Barcelona and Real Madrid who get eighty five thousand people every week in their stadium and they can't compete. And they're losing players to the likes of, as I said, Watford and and, Pe- and Pe- Pedro going to Chelsea, and like I said, Sanchez going to Arsenal, and and Casilla going to Leeds United. It's it's absolutely ludicrous that this has happened.
3: I was just going to make a point, and I, 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 this might be painful for you, Aaron. I was just going to make a point to about the the Champions League group draw and what what, what boring round of play- pictures that will be. I'm just looking to see who, which group United are in. Of course, they're not in it. Oh, I'm, not... <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, Aaron. <laughs> I can't... I saying, mate, I've, I've always enjoyed Thursday nights, pal.
3: I've looked through it twice, but you know, I, I can't see the group that United are in. They're, 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 and it dawned on me they're not in it. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, what was the, I was driving at a point, the, uh, the dilution of the modern game to this point, I mean, the, the Champions League within my point that there's there's this kind of idea that that will now mutate into a further kind of European club championship of some sort, almost a sealed competition, like akin to an NFL in, in, in the US. And that would include the the the, the United who so have the, a temporary blip in their fortunes at the moment. It would include the the, the cities, the Liverpools, blah, 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 and on with the other big names of, of European football. My, my, my point being, Looking through the Champions League draw here, it looks so fucking boring. Um, Mm, Yeah, groups A to H, and there are there's some of the clubs there. Yeah, of course, and there's some some interesting names. If you you know, if you're kind of a football nerd, Slavia Prague, and oh, there's Olympica, Olympiacos, and stuff like that. You know, and the Red. Start Belgrade. Exactly. If you're a football, um, you know. (laughs) Enthusiast and enjoy the the whole Euro travel and and, and names and, and the history and all the rest of it. It's, it's interesting, but from a spectacle point of view, um, there's no spectacle in the European Champions League group draws. There, there just isn't. And my my the, my impression of the way that football generally is going, the Premier League is not a competition worth the worth worth it. As, I know they try and pump it up to be a spectacle, but you can't tell me that there's only two teams that are going to win it this season um the lo- the logic of the league originally was that it tried to produce a fair competition one that the spectator even the neutral could look on and see at least maybe four or five clubs are in the shower of, of winning the league and that doesn't happen anymore it's now produced yeah. these kind of super clubs that are so far removed from everyday life that they are almost on their own planet I just find it deeply boring. Um, you know, slightly different subject, but we ne- we nearly drew West Ham in the in the League Cup this week. If we had not messed up at Oxford. The, the, these these ancient rivalries are becoming diluted. You know, um, where does it all lead? It leads to it leads to a pumped up, pointless, boring, empty money making machine. And the only solution to that is for people not to watch it. But that won't happen. It's it's too much of a global machine now. That's that's that that's it in a nutshell.
1: With all due respect, Nick, when Alexis Sanchez is making twenty six million pounds a year and 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 you know Wimbledon are crowding two two million pounds to put a roof on their new ground and Berry yeah. need however much it is two or three million pounds for them and Bolton needed two or three million pounds. It puts it all into context and you're literally sitting there going, what the actual fuck have we created? Do you reckon the Premier League bosses sit there and go, what the fuck have we actually created here?
3: No no, I yeah. don't. I, I I they should. Uh, and it begs the question, I mean, we started off with Barry, uh, because it's an important question that it should it should bother everyone that's listening to this show. It goes beyond mere club loyalties, in my opinion, because it goes to the very heart of what the Football League and the Premier League, which are still included as, as one one entity, really, although you know they would see themselves as a separate competition entirely. But it goes to the heart of what do you want football for? Is it really to watch the Alexis Sanchez's earn their 26 million, have a fantastic tattoo on the back of his neck or a different haircut or whatever it is, whilst they play Real Madrid in some some you know super competition of it? it, it I, there's only so much of that you can watch before you just lose any sense of of reality. And I think that the problem with the game is. the 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 disproportionate resources at the top to those at the bottom the fact that the bottom is not seen as having any value when it's actually got the most worth of the whole fucking lot because that's where community and kinship and and the thing the ties that bind us actually lie you know Mm. um i I think even as a united fan i I mean i i I can't speak for you aaron but it can't you know it, it can't Be that interesting
1: to watch. I'll be Uh, be honest. I'll be honest with you. I'll be very, very, very honest with you. Um, I've I've fallen out of love with the Premier League. I've fallen out of love with my club a lot because I feel very disenfranchised from them. You know, going back twenty twenty five, sort of twenty five years or twenty four years that I've been going to watch Manchester United. I just I remember you know times where you actually feel like part of the club, part of like a family. Yeah, yeah. Now you don't feel like shit. You, you, we're treated like a number. We're treated as part where we are. We are customers in this giant franchise that is the Manchester United brand. Now, with all due respect, people turn around to me left, right, and centre and go, "Oh, your club is spending this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah." I couldn't give a fuck. Do you know what? I'd rather have that than it going to the back pocket to them leeching Glazer family. And 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 with all due respect, I've always I've always said, if if I was if Manchester United were to join a European Super League, I, 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 I'd actually stop supporting my club because I don't believe in that. That is completely and utterly wrong. I believe in sort of the, the, um, the, 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 sort of the, I don't know what the word is, the, I believe in the fact that the Football League is effectively king. The Football League and, you know, having a basic Football League on a week is, is what is, is our bread and butter. And we shouldn't be taking that away from fans just to sort of suppress the, the greed from and the want from from sort of foreign countries and and to be fair I again I would not support united in the, in in that in that um super league you know and, and it's, it's it is highly depressing look with all due respect you know in terms of you know winning and winning leagues and whatnot, of course everyone wants to win things but to be honest that doesn't bother me right now. What bothers you is that we are basically just a stupidly good money making machine. And that is all we're good for right now. Um yeah. and, and I I d it it doesn't really bother me anymore. It's i have kind of I love it. I love United. I love Manchester United, but it's kinda of, it's put me off big time.
2: Achtung Mehlball.
1: Do you know what do you know what I found funny is on the I was driving back from I was at Forest Derby on on um on on Tuesday, you know what? Well, by the way, Nottingham Forest, shit! What a ground, city ground! What a place! It's just a lovely, lovely, lovely town. It's a, it's a lovely location, don't they? But you know, you yeah. get that—that's what a proper rivalry is. You know, that is what a proper rivalry is, not this bollocks that we're just seeing hyped up by Sky. But I was listening to Talk Sport, and in particular, uh, and f- fuck it, I know in Goldstein and Kanday on Talk Sport, and the way they were talking about sort of this berry thing, they—they they were. I don't know, there was no sort of knowledge, there was no accuracy, there was sort of skirting around the fact of just taking calls from Berry fans and that's where I respect people like, you know, my colleague Mark Clement, Clem from, yeah. from the yeah. B, because he actually goes and researches these stories, he's actually interested in this and, and to be honest, I feel like quite an affinity to him, you know, going and watching Premier League football is all well and good but you, it's just... It's bollocks at the end of the day. It's absolute bollocks, and these guys are obsessed with football and some, uh, Premier League football. And someone actually tweeted Goldstein and Kundi, turning around, going, "It's people like you who who yes. who, who yes. can you know ruining it effectively. You don't give a fuck mm. about anyone else. I mean, genuinely, I've never ever listened to a radio program more where they give a shit about the football. They don't give a fuck about the football league.
3: That but, but that goes. that lies at the heart of it. Um... I mean, one of the the questions I've written to myself is what 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 next? What happens next? And there's loads of calls. I mean, I've been reading the various columnists have covered it so well online. The Guardian, you know, and and others who have covered this this whole saga. And what next? What can you do? Well, lots of calls for a review of the EFL, um, more rules on caps of wages, all sorts of stuff. I actually, I mean, that may all be useful stuff. I'm, I'm not an expert on football finance, and I'm no businessman at all. But that may, may be useful. It may not. Who knows? I think the most fundamental thing that's missing in the sport, generally, from top down to very bottom, is the thing that you've touched on there, Aaron. Is there's no willpower to actually tackle the issue? There's probably rules enough, and uh you know ways of controlling the game right now if only they would use them and um, there are all sorts of transfer embargoes on clubs that seem to be like uh, an open door that you can just walk through without any any fear it's the lack of willpower to actually enforce the existing rules um it goes to the heart if if the game doesn't want to police itself and it doesn't seem to and there's money awash like it's a casino in Las Vegas on payout all the time, which is where it is, you're going to get yeah. crooks coming in because there's money to be made. And especially when you get a vulnerable club like Barry, there'll be others, um, you know, the, the, the Coventry are, uh, are not playing in their own stadium. Now there's, there's other names knocking around the game. When you have free and easy access to any chance that turns up to basically access the assets of a, of a, of a club like Barry, which, um, when you strip away the football, you've still got the ground and what it sits on. And how much is that going to be worth? Um, mm. you, you, you reap what you sow. There's no willpower in the game, and I don't see it out there at the moment. There's lots of people wringing their hands, but there's no willpower to actually tackle this problem.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Nick. I, I, I think you know. Obviously, we need to move on to Millwall matters. But I've got one question I want to leave you both with. It's a bit of a a, a think, and to be fair, I'd love to hear from anyone else. Who, who, who sort of, you know, wants to get involved in it on Twitter. But in all these years, yeah, in all these years where you've had clubs being taken over left, right and centre, they do these fit proper tests, if you like. Yeah. Who's ever failed a fit in proper test? No. <laughs> well, okay. if, if this bloke Steve Dale could get
3: past it, nobody that I know that's, of. That's uh, the
1: question. You look at all yes. these owners. I mean, I look back at Lawrence Pesini at Watford, the, the absolute... Asset stripping. This guy was going to do, and luckily, thank God, he didn't get his hands on Bolton because he would have done the same. machete at Leyton Orient. Look at him. Yeah, yeah. Destroy the club. Destroy the club. I mean, just to take mm. it to a Millwall
3: a touch before before you you come in there, Mike. Um, we are incredibly lucky. Incredibly lucky. This 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 really could have been us. I don't know how. If sometimes you know, some people know. Many people in the Millwall scene don't know how close we've been on a couple of occasions to going bust like this with no, you know, no obvious saviour. We are incredibly lucky to have uh, someone like John Berrelson who um, does fund the club. He does pick up the losses. Um, you know many, many people have had much to say over the over the years about the the lack of ambition of our club. But Jesus Christ, give me lack of ambition over what's going on at Berry right now where there's no football club at all and they're talking about the Northwest Counties League. You know, if 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 the worst you can say of, of Mill is that we we have a manager that sometimes has a little bit of a negative attitude at critical points of the game. Um, I can think of a lot worse situations to be in. We're very lucky. Um, long may that continue and God mm-hmm. help us if it doesn't.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I said exactly exactly the same thing this morning to someone someone I know. I said I said I'd rather be bottom of the championship but go every week than not have a club to go to at all. Absolutely. Achtung Mailball.
1: Mick, shall we talk about Bora? Yeah, um, interesting game.
3: I, I, I watched it. i got a stream, but I managed to watch it. I uh, couldn't go up there last, last Saturday, but I managed to get a, a sense of it. I thought we did OK. We, we were looking quite bright at times last week with 4-4-1-1 uh, four, four, one, one formation. The, the, the uh, tacticians out there were uh, interested to hear that. So, some decent chances in the first half, I thought. Um, we did concede a sloppy goal in a second. It was basically a, a long ball down the middle, put away nicely by the by the borough striker. And then we brought um, Tom Bradshaw into the game and we, we, we opened up. And a few people have commented on, on Nils Tarras' uh, negativity, um, his, his, his desire to defend, defend, and then hit on the break. But I think we've looked at our best this season when we've actually played a more open game and got the ball forwards. And that's what we did in the last 15 minutes once Bradshaw came in. He equalised with his first touch. Uh, and then we went close a couple of times. And, and almost at the death, we we, we we should have nicked it with Smith again at the far post. So, you know, I think league, in term, league terms, league form, that's a pretty good result. And a way draw at Middlesbrough. Never an easy place to go, as the cliche has it. We've never done much up there. And we've gone there. Yeah, we've fallen behind. But we've looked good. And I think if we can develop the, the best parts of our game that we're seeing, and then we'll probably come on to the Oxford uh, comedy uh, comedy of errors, but if we can develop the best parts of our game, we're in for a decent season. I think we can't ask for much more than that.
2: No, I agree. I agree. It's, um, yeah, I think one all, uh, a borough away especially, I would have a sort of bit your hand off for, in like, before the game. And, and like you're saying, Nick, that's not just a tough place to go. That's, uh, also, I would say I think we've only beat twice in the last ten meetings,
3: and we should have won so, there, Mike. We should have, we should have won and, it, and
2: we should have won exactly. But more importantly, as well, I mean, everyone's saying about these negative tactics Neil Harris is playing and having a moan and like you're saying that they shut off the game. But let's look at the other way. We we have got centre forwards who are scoring, and yeah, consistently scoring. Bradshaw's looking. Bradshaw is hitting the target all the time. Smith. I'll be honest with you. The jury was out for me when he first signed, as as you know. I was a little bit like I'm not too sure, but. I'll, I'll happily eat a big slice of humble pie. He's starting to look good. Um, touching on Oxford, I know it's against the league one side, but Vazen got a couple, didn't he? It's, Apparently looked good to, there. Apparently, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You Yeah, got, you've you got... Yeah, who's the daddy? You've got young Billy Mitchell who, who had a run out as well. He he, he had a, a first career start, I think it was, wasn't it, for Millwall? Uh, Malumbi
3: and if, played in weeks. Uh, Malumbi. Malumbi, you
2: Malumbi, yeah, you, you've got... Um, top, Tom Elliott got a well done. <laughs> <so good. laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, poor old Tom. Um he actually he was involved in the in, in the, the midweek game, the, the goal for um John Daddy apparently it was a flick on from, from Tom Elliott. Um but Probably yeah I I, <laughs> I I I mean I, there's, there's much to be um there's much to to, to look on with, with some optimism from the start of the season. What is it now? It's um is it seven points out of, out of twelve we're on now? I can't remember how many we've got now the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But we've made a decent start to the season. There's a huge amount of negativity. I mean, the, the, the Twitter um, reaction when we win or when we lose is quite comical to behold. I mean, the people are either, you know, um, getting ready to top themselves if we if we don't do well or, or they're planning for the Wembley trip when,
1: when we win, you know. it's, and that, it's and that's quite just a, Harry. That's just <laughs> Harry. Um, I'll tell you what, like, you know, looking at the first five games of the season, what a strange fucking league this is, man. What absolutely, absolutely. Division. I mean, genuinely, Leeds are top, great. I fall away, but Swansea City. I mean, genuinely, no one saw that coming. Swansea top of the league. They beat Cambridge six 0 yesterday. Charlton third. Bristol. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, and then you, you know, you go up. You've got Fulham, Preston, Wednesday, West Brom, North Forest, Millwall, Reading, QPR, and then you go down the bottom. Let's go bottom. Stoke. Rock Bottom, Huddersfield, Wigan, Burnsley, Hull, Brentford. I mean, genuinely, look, Brent, no Brentford fan. This is podcast, but possibly the most deluded set of fans you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> they are more deluded than Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, anyone. They always think they're going to fucking romp their way to the league, but they are always lucky to fucking stay up. They are, they are a shambles. You know, Derby in at 16th. It's not going well for Koku. Woodgate is struggling as well. Birmingham in there at 50. Fuck, you know, what a strange league this is. One thing that did
3: strike me with Middlesbrough, um, that they had, uh, was it £15 million or number longer up front? And, you know, he, he looked mildly decent, but you wouldn't have said there's £15 million pounds of talent playing there. I mean, what struck me with Jonathan Woodgate, who I believe has played for, uh, did he play for Real Madrid? He's, yeah. Real in Madrid, his playing new career. Winning, yeah. new car, so, he's, you know, he's, he's played at some big, big venues, and you would think with... You know, know there's a long season yet to unfold, but they look very ordinary, very ordinary. I'm
1: watching them Saturday down the early kickoff. I, 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 City versus Borough. I'm going and uh, I don't know what to expect.
3: I think the thing with the championship is, and, and I mean, Fulham, we, we, we made Fulham look like um, a combination of Brazil 1970 meets Johan Kreuz Holland. You know, it's like they were unstoppable. And yet they got beat at the weekend by Forrest. So, you know, it, it it is a wide open league. It's... Anyone can beat anyone, and that's the beauty of it. I think it has a, a competitive edge that I, I think makes it um, by far a better choice to watch than, the, the the so-called Premier League because that is pretty much a two-team horse race already, and and will develop into that for the season. You know, the, it's it's the also Rans at the only the only talking points in that team, in that uh, in that league. Whereas the championship does look much more wide open, um, we've not done too bad. I mean, if you'd have said to me start of the season, we've got Hull on on Saturday, um, 20th place Hull, um, one one, drawn one, lost three, so they look like a team that we should be able to, with maximum effort and the den factor, get past. We I'd be disappointed if we don't get a win off of Hull on Saturday. But looking at that as the start of the season, I'd have taken your bit your arm off at the start of um, of August if you told me that was what was coming.
1: Achtung, Mailball. Um, let's look at uh, the cup game against October, I think Yeah. Did you go, Mike? You no, 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 I, I
2: didn't go up there, but I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I let out a groan when James Henry scored a 99th millionth minute penalty, or what it seemed to be. Yeah, I mean, I've only followed it from Twitter,
3: so, you know, take, take what I say with a mm. pinch of salt. but. It sounds like we established a two-nil lead. We're playing well. We've Neil Harris, I think, said we should have had, uh, we should have been out of sight four, five, six, eight. He says, on the news at Den, and going by the the the, the Twitter feedback, that was the impression. Um, John Daddy playing well, which I think is good news because he could have had a hat trick in the first half. Apparently, um, it'd be nice to see some of these players making starts. Billy Mitchell, we've we've mentioned already. I mean, it's really disappointing to let that slip at the end of the game. I, I think that's that's the bad old uh, disease that that cost us last season. Now this was a second eleven that's taken the pitch there at uh, at the Kassam Stadium. Um, so you got you know you got add a bit of a pinch of salt in there. But I just think there's a there's a mental strength required to see games out, and that's the first glimpse of an old an old floor and mills game. We don't want to see it again. Um, but no, I mean, there's again there's 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 a lot of positive to take out. I mean, I. I'm not fundamentally bored about the Caribou Cup, other and the fact we probably missed out on a on a West Ham um, during the next round. Whether that had been any good for us as a club or not is another question. I think sometimes we dodge the bullet by not drawing them. Uh, that, the that the will...
1: Metropolitan Police, Sire. <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief.
3: <laughs> well, it would have been at the Den. Yeah. So we, we're more able to manage these games at the Den, in my oh. experience, than what would probably have unfolded if it had been at the, uh, the Stratford Stadium. Funny. But... Um, I don't know if we would have drawn West Ham if we would have got through. Uh, the listeners out there will know what I mean by that. I think we might not have drawn the Yeah. The, de, de, in, in. the,
2: the EFL. <laughs> don't worry, lads. We don't have to warm the ball for
3: this, friends. <laughs> <laughs> but some interesting names. McCarthy. Uh, Jason McCarthy starting. Billy Mitchell um, done well. Jason Malumby. These are all names. And Bud Varson, I've not seen John Daddy yet uh, at all. So to to hear good reports about them and and to see that we've established a a style of play apparently more passing style for the bulk of the game as well and and establish a 2-0 lead okay we've let that slip but that's that's something that can be worked on so i think there's grounds for optimism from that caribou cup comedy exit as as i've put it on on here so um it didn't leave me that depressed in in the moment it did but it's passed now and and, uh, going back to start that conversation Life could be worse when you see that was the, I think that was the night that Barry got it, um, expelled from the league. So it does uh, yeah. does give you a bit of perspective.
1: Would have been a great game, sorry to get Oh,
3: it would have been apocalyptic, Aaron. <laughs> 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 if you think the, if you thought the Everton game would have been um, a big atmosphere, that would have been that would have been that time. So midweek game against West Ham would have been um, something else. So um, there we are. It wasn't to be, and uh, thanks to the penalty shootout, which we didn't do very well in. Two, just two converted penalties out of the, the the five, I think, that we had. I don't think they only needed four. It, it's luck of
1: a draw. It's a luck
3: of a draw, mate. Yeah. Um, but onwards to Hull City on Saturday. I think that's the more important fixture. Um, 15 – I mean, we've made the point a couple of times in this show and make it again. We've had the home games, both generated good crowds, 15,000 crowds. I'm hoping that we'll get a decent crowd again on Saturday, whether it will be that amount. Um, how many will travel down from Hull, I don't know. But if the Den's on form and Hull are not showing much in the way of, of form so far this season, then that's a winnable game. I think we've got to look for a result there. Do you agree, Michael?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at it now. I mean, their their top goal scorer. He's, he's. I mean, he's got four this season, but after that, we've just got like a list of like sort of ones, and there's not really anything in the assist columns, neither. Yeah, I, I think it's there for taking. We're apart from that. As I said, apart from the Oxford result, we're still sort of semi-riding that crest of a um, sort of a positive wave at the moment. We've had a good start up to the season. And as, as silly as it sounds, you know, to me at the moment, the uh, the points we're getting are keeping us away from that relegation zone. And I know it's very, very early in the season, but it doesn't, as, as we've said about Stoke, it doesn't take you long when you're not on a good run to get dragged into that. So the more wins we get at the moment, the better
3: for me. And for the international breaks looming, I think it's probably come at a good time for us just to regroup, get a few mm. knocks and bruises and scrapes out from un- underneath
2: us. Achtung, Mailball.
3: On two names from the past here, I don't know what we, what we think. Jordan Archer, I saw training with South Ends, um, which is quite a fall from grace, really, I think, uh, for Jordan. I know that we had a poor season and he, you know, him and a monitor of others left with, under a bit of a cloud. Um, it was a Scottish international goalkeeper, and in his prime, I also thought it was a decent keeper. And it, it's it's quite a tumble, isn't it, to so, to find yourself training with South End. Uh, and just on the same uh, note, James Meredith um, training with Pompey. Um, less of a tumble if he, I say, you know. That's probably about James Meredith's mark. If he does get a, a contract with Pompey, well, yeah. who let's knows? Let's
1: hope he's drawn a line under, under everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <So> we, <laughs> yeah. that, I'm just going to carry on. I'm going to carry on after that. Before he crosses that white line at Fratton Park, I think we should <laughs> think about his actions. There we are. There we are.
3: So... Um, <laughs> So there's a little a Ben Marshall's disappeared without trace into a, a world of um, whatever wherever he's gone to who knows who knows where he's gone to. It's just interesting to see those two names from the past there cropping up. Sh-
1: shall we take a look at some of the bargains of the Casbah? Check it out. Check it out.
3: Supermarket Sweep, away you go Michael Let's go
1: for Supermarket Sweep, complete with his perm It's uh, young Mickey Avery, our very own Dale Winton uh, Telling us about the bargains that we can find down the aisles in the club shop this week Lead us away Mickey Well lead us away,
2: so I'll tell you what we'll start with So Aaron, Nick and listeners, you may have noticed that summer is gone And the days of the 30 plus degree heat are over
3: it was pleasantly so cool you, today. Pleasantly cool it was, today.
2: It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. No. So, so are you one of the more hair follicly challenged members of our fan base who gets a bit nippy as the dark Knights draw him?
3: Well, I'm lucky in that front. I've got a good head of hair, in, mate. I have actually. That's
1: good.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I've got a big fan bun, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs>
2: But do continue he's, he's, Yeah, you're sporting the Paul Hollywood look there. Um, have it, have you run out of ideas of what to buy the significant other for their autumn birthday? And does the heat generated from the excitement of a penalty shootout with Oxford United in the League <laughs> Cup leave your bald head at an alarming rate? Yes. Yes. Well, well, If the answer to any of these is yes, then get your Oyster card out and jump on a bus to Zampa Road where you can pick up a Mill Crest Lions adult bubble hat. But please note, this item is currently not available to purchase on the Online Mill Club Shop. Also, if you want to price compare, you are unable to do so as once you click on the item, it gives you no details at
3: all. (laughs) So the item is shown, but there's no there's no ability to buy it and there's no price, even if you did have the desire to buy it's it. As ever. It's wonderful and, stuff. Um,
2: and disclaimer your short sighted grandmother could probably knit you a better one than this glamorized tea, tea cozy.
3: I've, I've never been one for bubble hats. You ever wore a bubble hat, Aaron? The football? I mean, I know it's like a traditional um, scarf and bubble hat.
1: Have you ever done I, that? I, do, I never have. Do had. you know what? I used, I used to have um, a hat and I used to cover it in pins. I used to collect the old pins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I bet I got known as Pinhead, and I stopped wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I still, still got it. I'll take a picture of it, but it's, it's quite a nice hat. It's actually quite a nice hat. But yeah, <laughs> I've, um, I've, I've sent you the pictures, Nick. Would you like to yeah. describe the hat? The hat is like? it's
3: oh, it's a bubble hat. Um, it's it's <laughs> sh- shades of blue uh, with lions on it. A knitted bubble hat with a, with a pom pom on top. That's my mum used to call it, a pom-pom. Uh, and a little kind of roaring lion badge on the front. It's You wouldn't wear it. Listener. Nick, would you not wear it? No, no, not really. It, I, would, I would overheat. I'd have sweat pouring down my in my head. I'd, I'd, I'd heat up too much with that on my head. So, no, I wouldn't touch it. You may choose to, do but if you do, unfortunately, you've got to wait
2: because it's not available in the shop at the moment. So mm-hmm. if, if you do if, choose to wear it, don't come near us or get pictures taken with us, please.
3: <laughs> no, no, I love the next. I love the next item, which is um, a best wife ever. Best wife ever it implies you've had more than one, doesn't it? Uh, there's been other ones, but not quite as so good. Best wife ever photo frame. A photo frame. Uh, now I'm a little looking at it. It's it, it's it's a ten by eight photo frame. Thirty pound. Twenty nine pound. Ninety nine. How much? Am I paying for this shit? Um, and it's got best wife ever. Does that is that a personalised one, Michael? You you re- researched it. Um, I'm, I'm yes. Uh, it. You'd put your current wife in there, I guess. Would you?
2: Uh, with, with, um, <laughs> well, I, I can do I can do the QVC intro if you like. Go, go for it, mate. Yeah. So 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 is the missus annoyed with you as you spend most of the time talking about the lions? Yeah. Talk
3: about nothing else, mate. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah, basically, yeah. Does the wife get slightly <laughs> agitated that you get all hot under the collar watching Millwall Highlights on the crest <laughs> rather than coating up on the sofa with 50 shades of grey? <laughs> 50 shades. <laughs> and, as, and are you looking for a bitter divorce? Well, <laughs> if so, <laughs> click on the personalised section of the Millwall Club. How is personalised? The bargain yeah, personalised? Bargain price. Yeah, last Bargain price of twenty nine ninety nine. You can be the proud owner of a best wife ever photo frame. So show the suffering woman in your life that she's the only one for you with a navy blue print showing her dedication to the South London side. So <laughs> no, we at and Mill will take no responsibility if she uses this as a weapon against you after she opens it. Also, you are only allowed to insert a forename. So if this present ends your marriage, you can find a new oversized shirt wearing darts player whose name resembles your previous spouse.
3: So I'm 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 looking at this this product and it, you, you've done like a screenshot of the product, and it's basically a photo frame. Pretty much, you could buy at any supermarket. I'd say, um, you know, snap frame. It looks like ten by eight, and it, I, I, you, you must you put your own image, your or your wife's image in there. With no, the, no,
2: no, no image. How does it work? No image. No image. It's a photo
3: you frame, put, basically. You just put I'll the name. A, where does the best wife ever? What, what, oh, I see. Right down the bottom there. So yeah, best so- best wife ever. Just to describe it to listeners, it, I mean it's a photo frame um, with a blue background and a, a roaring lion badge, and then in in kind of black and white font, you've got the words best wife ever, and then forename <laughs> and wife name. Does that say? I can't. It's gone out of focus. Four name, like something out of the Handmaid's tail. Forename and wife name. It's like off red or something like that. You put your put your wife's name in there.
2: Um, no, it says no. It says number one wife. No, oh, number one wife.
3: <laughs> There's no picture. It's just like a series of words to say. Offred, number say one
1: number wife.
3: wife or number one wife. It's,
1: it's just out of interest. Do you have to have a wife to purchase this, or is that? There, is there
3: like oh, yeah. If you want to live a fantasy world where well, you
2: did get married
1: well, <laughs> The, so, yeah. <laughs> the, the,
2: f- the thing, thing is as well the thing is as well this this one thing that does make you think now is this a clever bit of marketing or as we know from the utter shit and lack of spell check from the club shop, the fact they've put a full <laughs> stop after every word was that deliberate?
3: <laughs> well it's not, it's, it's best wife ever on the product um, and then your name and number one wife underneath that. Sounds a bit... Oh, anyway, um, but in the, in the, in the um, spiel, it's just best wife ever. It's like one sentence, isn't it? It's not... So who knows? I'm not sure it makes much difference because if I think if you produced this as any kind of gift, you're probably on the uh on, you're on the back foot marriage wise. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're probably you're, 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 probably you're floundering that night. <laughs> if that's what you produce as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. I I, yeah. I I thought I thought you had your own picture in there, but clearly not. It's um, no. Nah. Would you spend 30 here.
2: quid on that?
3: No. No, mate. No, no, no. Not with any expectation of a, of a good time as a result. No, far from it. Yeah. Far from it.
2: Your, your wife will be having a lot of headaches every night for a while. With and then absolutely.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> we have, a, we have a, a Crest LED key ring you've dug out here, Michael. Uh,
2: yes, yes. So, um, so Aaron, do you need yes. a new laser point? Do you need a new laser pointer? I always need a new laser pointer, mate. Well, has that has that UEFA ban for, for trying to blind the opposition expired? And you're itching to stop the championship's finest scoring against the keeper? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. If you can identify with all of these, then make your oh, sorry, make sure you log on to the personalised section of the club shop. Where for only $15.99, fifteen
3: ninety nine pounds. Bloody. What
2: you could be you could be the proud owner of a Millwall FC crest LED keyring.
3: LED. Oh, what's it doing
2: for a fucking keyword oh, please no <laughs> please no you risk a nationwide ban if you enter the ground with a device that could potentially blind the opposition is it
3: is it one of those things that shines a shines a, a, a dot beam and is that is that what it is is this crest LED i don't thing. know
2: that might just be creative license on my part but why would you sell something that potentially could shine a really bright light from your pocket
3: because so, I, I mean, I'm looking at it, and it's it's. I'm mean, just again to describe to the listeners out there. It's a pretty basic keyring, isn't it? I mean, it's it's not exactly breaking new ground in the world of keyrings, um, with with a kind of like a, a metal cylindrical top and a glass, like a, an ornate glass bottom, which has uh, a metal badge etched onto it, and it's built as a a lead lead ring. Now, I took that to mean that it lights up, so you can see your keys. I don't know. why Lead. Would... Lead. You can see your keys, or maybe you can well, see your key. I... You...
1: Lead as, as in sheets of lead. LED. Light emitting diode. Well, I thought you meant lead as in stolen off a roof.
3: Right? Maybe maybe it's a light. So, that, for example, if you... Uh, let's, let's, let's think of somebody who might roll home pissed one night. Let's call him Harry. He's just like an, an invented name. Yeah. A chap who's exactly. been out on the slosh and gets home and... Uh, gets his keys out, but can't see where the 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 the, the key hole is, is and you need because of... he's, he's he's a little bit squiffy. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: he had. He had oh, did he have a few, did he have a few too many sherbets at this? Uh, well, I don't know. He's an party. invented
3: he's an invented person, so I don't know. Possibly okay. he has. Possibly he has, and he can't find where the hole is, and he needs a light to so have a look. <laughs> so he gets out his mill FC Crest LED key ring that, that maybe that's the the point of it I don't know I, otherwise it could get you banned from football grounds if it's a laser beam to shoot in a goalkeeper's eyes that wouldn't, that wouldn't again be.
2: again would you buy one for 16
3: quid I wouldn't buy it any, anyway any circumstances whatsoever no. not even for 1 pound 59 I wouldn't buy it mm. <laughs> that's a
2: problem and, isn't
3: it I mean it looks and, it looks like a nail polished ball I thought it was I thought it was uh, <laughs> Ode, Ode, Ode Cologne or something, you know, like a little small bottle of Ode um,
1: Zampa, Ode Zampa, Ode <laughs> Ode
3: Bermozzi, you know, Ode Savage, something of that kind. But um, uh, it's yeah. it's a light. It, I, I think it must be for shining to see where the keyhole is for the. Uh, the it's the, awful, fi- though,
1: isn't
3: it? The, it is awful for the fictional character we've dubbed Harry.
1: Um, guys, can I just give you some news? That uh, I- very quickly, it's time to dig out them dancing shoes. Because- okay. Millwall Community Trust are hosting a charity fundraiser at the Den this October in the form of a silent disco. The a event takes place in the executive lounge at the Den. It'll be hosted by the MCT on Friday, the 18th, from 7 p.m. to midnight. The silent disco will see you don your headphones for the night and enjoy a vast range of music, with John including charts, rock, alternative, indie, funk, motown, hip hop, R and iconic throwbacks. Spanish decades as far back as the sixties. A finger buffet, that's right, a buffet will a buff. be available. Yeah, a finger buffet. Uh, alongside the bar facilities. Here we go, here we go. Tickets are available to all over 18s. So automatically it's gonna be shipped because you know what? You at least you Brandon. Are you listening, mate? <laughs> yeah, Brandon 15 quid ahead. How much? 15 bob ahead. A fiver from each ticket sold will go to the MCT. Um, now, Nick Hop will be doing meets and greets on the actual night. Uh, he will be doing autograph signings, pictures, that kind of stuff. I mean... Oh, dear. And, and, the, um, and, 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 and the metaphoric Harry will probably be drinking too much. In the the
3: metaphor- yeah, We have a metaphoric journey home, trying to find his metaphoric keyhole.
1: I mean, ge- genuinely, a silent disco at the den.
3: it's the mct is a great cause and it needs money and but we think they've
2: got this one wrong (laughs)
3: they might have got it totally right i don't know i mean without it sounds so awful i'm almost almost fascinated to go and see it just to to see how awful it really is but then i'll I'll probably want to leave after minutes of, of, of arrival um so anything that generates them money, but I'd want more of my proportion. If I was paying fifteen pounds and it was going direct to the mill community scheme, I'd be very happy with that. But that well, sounds like t- 10 pounds not going there. That 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 hurts, you know. I
2: just I could just um I could just picture I could just picture Nick doing a silent oops upside your head right at the front, you know, where they all sit on the floor. <laughs> Nick, what, what is what
1: is your favorite uh, what is your
3: my signature dance move, Nick. My signature dance. I I can twitch. I can twitch for the best, you know. <laughs> I would. Um, well, I suppose upside
1: your head. You can't go wrong with a bit of upside your head, can you?
3: Yeah. You know, everyone on the floor for this one.
1: Um, genre? Would you be picking charts, rock, alternative, indie, funk, Motown, hip hop, R and B, or iconic throwbacks?
3: Well, I don't really go in for the old hip hop much. i, I never <laughs> really got beyond um, whams, wham, rap. Really, tell this jerk to take hike. That is my idea of rap. Right. Um, so you know, if they do that one, I'm, I'm certainly going for that. Um, a bit of Born to Be Wild by stephen Ward. I Wonder. if they do that one? I could ask the jock there, couldn't I? You know, do the old uh, mm. slip him, slip him a fiver or a tenner to play, you know, play decent stuff. Yeah. You, you, you'll
1: be, be will, you, will you be wearing a Cuban heel that evening? Absolutely, mate. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> keep me off the dance floor. The Cuban heel and the old leather jacket.
3: Nick Hart will yeah, be there. Absolutely. What a bizarre event. That's almost—it's almost fascinating. It's horrifically fascinating. Is that? Wonder who's going to go. Who will go? The, these are, so many questions, questions. So many questions. It.
1: Is it the night before a home game, or is it the week of the international break? I
3: don't know. Actually, I think I'm October. I think I might be away for it.
2: No, Whatever no, no. it is, either, either, either <laughs> way,
3: it's a Wait, I might be doing a wig in prison for that wig. <laughs> <laughs> it's the night before Brentford away. Brentford away. Okay. Well, I'll, 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 that gives me some time to think of an excuse for not going to it. You know, but let's, let's dwell on that. But what, what, what a bizarre event that is—a silent disco. I wonder um, if they'll
1: have yeah. a little club shop stall.
3: <laughs> 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 S- oh, selling oh, the key no. rings and best wife ever. Um, yeah, photo, photo free. Yes, yeah.
2: here, here yeah. you go, Mrs. Hart. A night out in, in central London,
1: Mill Football Club, and here's a nice frame picture for you. <laughs> I, I think you should do that, Nick. I think we should take, take her up the den just for a little <laughs> silent disc. <laughs> An evening out, you know. Uh, let's have your Predos. Mill taking on Hall City at the oh. day of Saturday, 31st of August, 3 p.m. kickoff in the championship, Nick. Hello. I'm going to
3: back the uh, the Lions to maul the Tigers. I'm going to go Millwall 2, Hull City 1.
1: Thank you very much, young Michael Avery. Don't forget to say it properly. Mill FC 2, Hull City 0. Very good. Uh, Mr. Paul? I'm going for Millwall 3, Hull nil. That's three, 0. That's three, 3-0. 0 <laughs>
3: You're ambitious with your your predictions. You were going for a 4-1 win last week. Actually, we probably, we, we probably could have got a few there. So maybe you're not far off the beat, but we, it was, you know, I admire the optimism
1: there, Aaron. I, hope, I just I just want to see I want to see the daddy score again. June Daddy, let's hope so. Exactly. Uh, that has been Actung Millwall for another week. Thank you everyone for joining in. It's just a bit over an hour. Hopefully, Nick don't trim too much out, especially the bit about the disco, because that was quite. A bit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a great week. Don't forget to tweet him at, is it CBL underscore mag? Underscore magazine. There you go, CBL underscore magazine for your comments, queries, suggestions, and disco requests. All that is left to say, young Michael is... Bye right for now.